Hello, hello, and welcome back to Leading Women in Tech. It's Tony here, your career leadership bestie. How are you doing? How is May? I cannot believe it's May. I feel like I'm saying that every single month this year. Like, we might be coming out of COVID, but it's like a long process, right? Like, oh my God, it's May already. <laughs> um, on that note, April was an outstanding month in my business. I had two clients land their dream jobs, like, full on, like, absolute stonker jobs, like loving it. Um, another two who are in the final round, one of them is the one of final two. The other, she isn't sure how many people are in the final running, but she's done to the final round of interviews as well. In fact, one of those we're probably going to hear by the time this podcast goes out. So I'm keeping all my fingers and toes crossed. She is a rock star. Who am I kidding? All of my clients are rock stars. If that triggers you, by the way, we need to chat because I'm pretty sure you're a rock star too. <laughs> I think I think just to be a woman in tech, on some level, you have to be a rock star because you have to be a bit tough to tough it out. So yeah, if me saying all my clients are rock stars is triggering to you, we need to have a coffee chat, my love, just saying. <laughs> and yeah, because of this, it's actually been the best month of my business as well so far. Like I don't really talk about how well my business is doing at any point in time. But yeah, my business had its best month ever financially. And I kind of like that because it's an indicator of the impact I'm having on the world. Like I do this to change the world, as I hope you know if you've listened to this podcast before, and changing the world by getting more women into senior tech leadership. And one of the barometers for that is having listeners on this podcast, how well my business is doing financially, all of those sorts of things. And honestly, we're doing fabulous, best month ever. So that's super awesome. (laughs) And another great piece of news is that my husband has just this morning got his blue envelope in Scotland. We get blue envelopes for our COVID vaccinations. His vaccination is in a week's time. So I'm super excited about that. Um, he's like, uh, like being quite late where we live. I know they're a bit slow. <laughs> oh, where I live, we're a little bit slow doing everything. <laughs> Scottish borders, you got to love it. Um, a lot of my friends in Edinburgh, where I used to live, have all been done. And they're like my age and my husband's 10 years older and he hasn't been done so I'm like huh. but he, he's getting his and actually because my uh, my rest of my family my extended family like are a little bit older than me I'm the baby <laughs> not a baby but I'm the baby as far as my family's concerned except for the little kiddos who aren't like, able to get vaccinated so it looks like I will be definitely the last to get vaccinated hopefully by the end of May I was hoping it was going to be by the end of April but you know we're easy going around here. I would like to be done. I'm ready for some hugging, right? <laughs> but yeah, so we're having a great, we had a great April, May. It's the first of May when I'm recording this. So you will know what day I record this now. <laughs> um, I already feel like, yes, May is going to be a fabulous month. I've got some time booked off and I just got some great things coming with my clients. So yeah, really looking forward to May. But let's get down to business and what maybe what your May is looking like. Because as I mentioned, I have a lot of clients either just finishing up or have just finished a round of promotion or a new job interviews, right? I also have a set of clients that I'm aware are gearing up for promotion at some point in the next three to six months. Because people come to work with me for very a, a huge variety of reasons. Many come to me to work explicitly on their leisure. Some uh, I've actually had two clients um, start very recently who literally come to start working with me because they've just landed a job and they want to make sure they hit the ground running. And I love doing that. But a lot of the time, if somebody works with me for long enough and makes my clients work with me for a significant amount of time, because, hey, there is nothing like having a great coach in your life. Just saying. 
But yeah, a lot of them at some point will be looking at the promotion or a new job. It's hard to take that next step in your career. Sometimes it can happen really quickly. I've had clients land a new job and then get a promotion in three months. That's unusual. It's normally six or 12 months, but it's, I've done it. (laughs) I've worked with an amazing woman who's done it. So it's, at the end of the day, it's only natural. If you're working on up-leveling your abilities as a leader, at some point, you deserve the recognition that your new abilities and the impact you are bringing deserves, right? And of course, I have the women that also come to me specifically to land a very specific leader role. Often, they've tried on their own and fallen flat. It happens to all of us, my love, if that's you, do not feel bad about it. It happens to every single one of us. But sometimes they just want someone to lay out the plan and help them get it done in double time because, you know, we're busy people, right? And the job hunt is never the most fun thing we do. (laughs) And one of the things I've seen many of us struggle with is how to prepare for the management interview. So in this episode, I want to talk through some of the key things I see everyone needing to do to prepare for a leadership interview and in particular a management interview as part of the leadership interview process. Because all too often I have people coming to work with me who've completely fallen flat in the interview. I've said this before, but it isn't because they don't know what they're doing. Sometimes it is because it's going for an internal role and actually they do know exactly what they're doing because they've basically been doing that job. And so they didn't really spend much effort preparing because, well, should have been a shoe-in. <laughs> but it most definitely ended up not being a shoe-in at the end of the day. Other times I have people come to me so they can just prepare for their interview, whether it's internal or external, because either they've tried that before or um, they just don't know how to up-level. They've previously prepared for IC-level interviews. And Often, if you've only ever prepared for an IC level interview and you just prepare the same way with a few extra Google searches for management interview questions, you're probably not going to do splendidly. You might do. And I just, if that's you, I applaud you. Fabulous. Go off and rock this world. But most of the people I work with, they've tried to do that and it just, it didn't cut it, quite frankly. So what is different? How do you prepare for a management interview? And more important, what the heck is that management presentation all about when they ask you for it? Well, don't worry. If you're embarking on this, I've got you this week. Grab your notebook or get ready to take some virtual or voice notes because we are going to take you through the key preparations you need to be making to ace your next job interview. Are you ready? (laughs) Get that notebook ready. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. I'm going to start off with a mistake. The first mistake I see people make is not preparing and practicing their interview questions. Now, hopefully you've done this before for previous jobs, but if you haven't, it's time to start. Don't expect to wing it however confident you are. Confidence isn't going to land you the job. Preparation helps deal with a lack of confidence, 
but it isn't the only reason to do the preparation piece. There is an expectation of preparation, by the way, if you're going for a management role. So if you haven't done any preparation, you are not going to be hitting the same level as the competition. And at the end of the day, it is a competition, which is precisely why I say to people like, if you've got to the final round and you're really close and you don't land the job, just be aware that it's not personal. (laughs) Okay, like that's a bit of a mindset thing for another day. But like, there's only so much you can do because it is a competition, but you also just need to do the best you can because it is, it is a competition, okay? So do some research on the job role, the organization you'll be moving into, the team you'll be working with or managing. This is also where those informational interviews I talk about all the time come in. If you don't know how to run or land an informational interview or ask for one at all, go and check out episode 38, How to Land an Excel in an Informational Interview to Accelerate Your Career and Job Hunt. You can find that over at tonycollis.com forward slash episode 38 or in your podcast player. Episode 38 is the one you need. (laughs) I'll also pop the link to that in the show notes for you. But those informational interviews are gold for figuring out the type of areas that you need to be focusing on. And it's not just going to be in your question prep, but your answer prep. So you're going to be preparing questions that you think are likely to come up, questions that you want to ask, and your ideal answers for the questions that you are asked, right? All of that needs preparing, every single part of it. (laughs) It is not sufficient to just do a Google search for leadership interview questions, believe me. (laughs) Um, There are an infinite number of ways you can answer any question. But the best answer is tailored to the needs of the organization and what they're after. The best place to get that information is from the informational interview. You can get it from other places, which we'll come to. But the informational interview, especially if you prepared for that as well, that is where you're going to find the things that you, if you bring up your answers to their biggest problems in your interview questions without being explicitly asked for it, you are going to be stellar, okay? So for example, If you know that the organization is struggling with revenue generation, something that most of us have a priority of at some point, right? Make sure your answers highlight your experience in developing new products that generate revenue instead of just the development. If you're going in a product role, a dev role, make sure that you highlight how the thing you're going to be doing is going to help them address their biggest pain point, even if it's not explicitly linked to that department. Make that connection. So for example, I recently worked with someone who was going for a job as a senior technical leader in an organization which was sufficiently large that there were very clear demarcations between dev, marketing, and sales. But my client, she focused on answering her interview answers, her interview questions, I should say, her answers were focused on how dev can contribute to improve sales revenue. And she talked about how she'd done that in the past and that explicit linking up. Because that said, this woman has the skills that we know we need. She spoke about the business need and the business awareness, and that's what landed her the job. Her technical skills were probably no different from anyone else that they interviewed, but she was highlighting her skills in the specific pain point that that organization was currently facing. So do your homework. Another crucial area for prepping interview questions is to take apart the job description. This is a skill it's well worth developing now. Like if you haven't done it already, learn how to take apart a job description, a job advert. It's something I take all of my students through who are in the Leveraging LinkedIn Kit course because it creates great LinkedIn profiles as well and actually resumes and 
But for your interview, taking apart that job description, well, it's interview gold. See if you can guess the questions that may come up at interview simply based on what they're asking for and highlighting in the job description. You basically need to make sure you can back everything up that they're talking about. I like to look at multiple roles across uh, multiple companies for, for this, all with the same focus. So if you are going for a VP of engineering, download job descriptions from multiple companies for a VP of engineering role. And then, of course, make sure you really understand all the ins and outs of the job you're actually applying for and over-prepare on that one. Who am I saying? What am I saying? I don't think you can over-prepare. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> but I'm not convinced of that. Because that alone, just getting that breadth of like, what's the important parts here? That is probably the most important part of the job hunt process because you're really going to understand how you need to be showing up in that job and therefore how you need to be showing the evidence that you can show up in that job, which at the end of the day is how you're going to land your job, okay? <laughs> and by the way, before you think it doesn't matter for internal interviews because, well, you know, you know the person who does the job, you don't need to know anything. It absolutely applies to internal interviews as well. So do it with everything. Always take apart the job description. If you're struggling with how to do that, that's precisely why I created my VIP leadership program, where we spend two half days, one-on-one, -on -one, getting you ready for the job hunt and interview. If you love the sound of having a clear job hunt strategy in place, if you haven't got it already, or you need help identifying the questions you are likely to be asked by doing landing an informational interview and by taking apart that resume, by oh, by taking apart your resume, I should have said, or by taking apart the job description, as well as preparing a leadership-styled answer to questions, then my VIP service might just be the thing you need. Head over to tonyquallis.com forward slash VIP to find out more. But once you've identified your interview questions and prepped your ideal answers, it's also worth creating yourself an interview question bank. This is a simply a document where you have example questions and your answers that you've prepared tailored to the kind of roles you're going for. And you're just going to keep them. Now, this means that the first interview you will go for as you are starting your job hunt strategy, right? The first job, you'll find there's a lot of work to do because you need to prepare all of these answers. But if you put this in your interview bank, you only do it once. You'll then be tweaking and improving. You'll be getting feedback. And also each job obviously has its own unique issues. You know, the organization's going to have its own issues, but it gets a whole lot faster to refine each set of questions for the next round of interviews. So set yourself up an interview question bank because the workload will become a whole lot less. And the next promotion or job you're going for after this one will be easier too because each management one builds on the last one and you'll be digging out experience you had like a decade ago that you've forgotten about in order to answer these questions that's all going to be there waiting for you <laughs> because you've created this question bank so it's a really great thing to do for the long term and on that note make sure that you're answering the questions at the right level I've had amazing women come to work with me who have not been getting the results that they want from promotions and interviews and simply put, the biggest reason is because of how they are answering questions. Are you talking as a leader? Are you demonstrating your business credibility and your business awareness? Are you sharing impact answers instead of I just did this? When you do you use we and when do you use I? Be mindful of all of this for a leadership interview. After all, you need to own your successes by using I, but also give credit to the team with a we. Getting this balance right requires care, patience, and practice. 
But simply going at it the way you've always done it, I can pretty much guarantee is not going to land you your next big job. (laughs) It might land you a sideways move, a job very similar to the one you've got right now. You need to up-level your interview technique if you're in up-leveling your job, okay? So make sure you have a look at how you're answering those questions and are you doing it at the right level? Are you demonstrating your skills and experience as a leader? And the big one I see many getting wrong is not sharing that business outcome in your work. It may be something you did 10 years ago as an IC, but what is the business implication? You would never thought of it that way as an IC, but if you can demonstrate that you did something 10 years ago and there was a business impact that you're aware of, you're demonstrating experience and business awareness in one answer. Those are the sorts of shifts that you need to be making. How quickly did it make a change? How much of an impact? How many um, people did it impact? What were the broader implications? As an IC, you aren't expected to know or focus on this, but as a leader, it's mandatory. So make sure you demonstrate that awareness. But now I'd like to move on to possibly one of my favorite topics for the job hunt, because the job hunt isn't like the most exciting thing ever, right? Like, I mean, I'm not sure anybody enjoys it. But one of the things I really like working with my clients on is the management presentation. Now, this can take many forms, but for many senior roles, you'll be asked to prepare a presentation on what you would focus on as a leader. You may well be given a bit of a brief, like a briefing statement, like what they're expecting you to cover. They may well simply say, prepare something. Um, I've often seen um, other people being asked for a 30, 60, 90 day plan. In fact, um, having just helped on my clients go through it, I think this might be a really good thing for all of us to be preparing for interviews, um, even if you're not being asked for a presentation. Because I think if you can turn up with such a document or a slide deck or whatever format you want it to take, it shows a level of understanding about the business that can set you off on a winning interview strategy. Whatever format it takes, you need to understand why the job exists. That why is always in the job description, if it's not then there's a big problem. But I'm yet to see a job description that doesn't have a why in there, why that job exists, right? But it's also in those informational interviews. Now, as I said, those informational interviews are golden in so many ways. And one of them is understanding why they're hiring into this role. Like it it isn't just replacing somebody. That's often the surface level reason, but it's often not the whole reason, okay? Because at the end of the day, if somebody's left, it's very easy at that point to pull the plug on that role right? That saves money. So why does that job exist? Really get to know that. And then some from the informational interview, like the bigger why, like why is this role necessary? What are they hoping to achieve? To write a great plan and presentation, you need to clearly articulate how you are going to fulfill the particular needs of the company. And this is super important. And as I said, you'll also find that preparing in this way, and I was talking specifically about the 306090 version of this before, but preparing in this specific way will help you enormously, even if you aren't being asked to provide a presentation, even if you don't get to present something. If you've thought about how to talk about it as a management leader, how you prepare, it's really going to help you with those forward-focused questions that you are going to be asked and help you deal with those traditional questions with a leadership focus. Obviously, any presentation that says, I will do this and this as an outsider to the organization is going to be missing many, many points <laughs> because you don't know all the details. 
But that doesn't mean you can't clearly articulate areas you see as an outsider as particular key focuses. After all, this is about showing your creative thinking, your drive, your work ethic, because yep, that is part of it. (laughs) As well as those problem solving skills that are going to make you a great boss. All areas that you need to be demonstrating as a leader. I also highly suggest making sure you're up to date on industry announcements on the day of the interview. Obviously, you should be checking the news for the actual company you're interviewing with. But something I've seen people forget to do is make sure you know industry news. There is nothing like a competitor dropping a news item that you can see will impact the business you're interviewing with and highlighting your initial approach to addressing that issue in your interview to really blow them out of the water. (laughs) I've had clients do this and every single time they've landed the job. Obviously, sometimes nothing relevant drops on the day, but if you are not aware, believe me, it's not gonna do any good. So be aware of the industry news. Having said all that, a great structure for a 30, 60, 90 day plan is to start with your background. So that's not strictly speaking the 30, 60, 90, which I'm gonna come to in a minute if you're like, what the heck is that? I'm gonna explain that. But start with your background, unless you've already had one-on-one interviews with everybody who's going to be in the panel that you're going to be presenting to. And even then, it's an opportunity to highlight some core skills and strengths. If you've got any feedback from previous interviews in an earlier round of interviewing, and hey, if you're wondering how on earth to do that, that's precisely one of the things I coach my clients through, how to ask for informal feedback at the end of an interview without it being like, Tell me why I haven't got the job, because of course you're still in the interview process. But make sure you address any concerns on your strengths, experiences, abilities, all of that stuff in your intro. Then we're going to move on to the 30, 60, 90. Let me unpack this a bit for you. It's nothing more complicated than saying, what am I going to focus on the first 30 days, the second 30 days, are you up to 60 days, and the third 30 days, are you up to 90 days? Those first 90 days in your job are crucial. There are books written on this, right? And what you're trying to do with your 30, 60, 90 day plan is share with them what you would focus on. Now, I have a a key strategy that I'm going to share with you of like precisely what I suggest all my clients talk about under 30, under 60, under 90. So simply put, the 30 day piece is to focus on the learning. Where and how will you look to learn and listen and also deal with the change management of you landing in this role? At the end of the day, feathers are going to have been ruffled with you being hired. Somebody is going to have disagreed with it. What are you going to do to get your new team on board? What will this mean for your team? Focus on your learning so that you can then later on focus on strategy and tactics, okay? It should be accepted that in that first 30 days, you're just doing a whole load of listening and also encouraging your team to trust you. In the 60-day part, you're going to be wanting to focus on quick wins because you do want some quick wins, not just for the benefit of your bosses, but actually more for the benefit of your team. And you can mention this, the quick wins are going to be a great way to build team rapport and trust. So focus on some suggestions for some quick wins that may well build team cohesion. Maybe you already have some ideas from those informational interviews, or maybe just from your experience with this kind of community, this kind of group, and how they work. But then also be talking about what would you do to be looking for a medium-term strategy based on that learning. Your Your 30 to 60 days is really about taking everything you've seen and putting in place some suggestions for where you're going to go next. It's putting it's putting together that medium-term strategy. And then in your 90-day, 60 to 90 days, that is, 
you're likely going to want to focus on implementation of strategy and tactics that you've identified as key considerations in that previous 60 days. And of course, throughout, pepper your ideas. Be cognizant that you can't know everything and therefore use phrases such as, from what I've already learned, I would anticipate that one of the focuses should be on X and that to do that, we'll need to do A, B and C. I'd expect Y impact at the end of the 90 days. Those sorts of phrases, yes, because you're saying, I don't know everything, but I expect this and I expect that. And you're being clear, you're giving clear things that you plan to do with the mutual awareness that you're sharing with the people you're presenting to that, of course, you don't know everything because you're not in the role, (laughs) okay? Something like this will help show that you aren't just talking theory, but you really already have that vision. You're already problem solving simply based on what you've already learned during the interview process. But you're also showing that you're ready to adapt and that you will learn quickly because you are so good at learning on a few. Really, on some level, that's what this presentation is trying to get across, that they can trust that you're gonna land on your feet and soar really quickly. Because it really can be that simple, nothing more complicated. You can show them that you will shine because you've taken the time to consider things rather than what many of us do when we land in a new role, which is just go into a whirlwind mode and try and like learn everything as quickly as possible and keep up and just start doing things. They want to see someone who's more considered than that, who has a plan. You're still going to be trying to do things super fast, But if you have a plan, you're going to do better things super fast rather than just being in reactive mode. And that's what you want to be getting across. Nothing more complicated than that. And of course, with all of this, remember, preparation really is key. This whole thing from prepping for your interviews, taking apart the job description, having those informational interviews to preparing that presentation, it takes time and it takes effort. But if you are ready to take that next step, get a more rewarding job and hopefully a salary boost to go along with it, it's worth it, right? (laughs) I'd love to know if you've prepped for a management presentation and how it went. What did you learn from it? Did it land you the job? You can always message me on any of the social media platforms, but it's probably best to find me over at LinkedIn. Um, I'm just simply Tony Collis, all word. Drop me a message. I would love to hear how you've got on with that. And of course, if all of this sounds amazing in theory, but you're struggling with the execution and you need some help with identifying those questions, preparing for the interview, including getting my help on tailoring those answers as a leader, then I'd love to help. Make sure you check out my VIP strategy days for women leaders over at tonycollis.com forward slash VIP to find out more. Whether you are at the starting block and need help with how to get going, or if you've fallen flat, in which case my heart goes out to you, my love, But if you've done that, I'm here to help you up level and I'd be happy to help. But let's finish up with my favorite, the leadership mindset moments. In case you're new around here, a leadership mindset moment is an actual tip to help you adjust how you act or think to make it easier to up level on the topic of today's podcast. Today's leadership mindset moment is all about preparation. You should have seen that one coming really. (laughs) But more to point, the mindset that goes around that preparation. All too often, I know that when things get uncomfortable and hard, we find excuses for not spending time doing something. And the interview prep is a biggie, right? I see this in every aspect of the job hunt lifecycle, from doing the work that is required to really tailor your LinkedIn profile so that you are getting job hunt requests that truly align with you, your values, your ideal job, to writing a seller resume. Hey, side note, did you know that resume and LinkedIn profile writing as well as covering letter writing, are one of the add-ons for my VIP days? Just saying. (laughs) But 
all of that to spending the actual time to really prepare your interview answers and the old favorite, practicing it out loud, which is so uncomfortable, but so important. Every step of this is hard. It's not easy. And every step is very triggering for many of us. It triggers you on how, well, how do I say that? And I don't really have that experience, do I? Or, oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. I can't demonstrate any of this anywhere. Or I don't actually have the experience. We get really triggered doing this work, which is why we need mindset. Because if we don't have mindset on point and in place, we back out, we give up and we stop. So next time you start telling yourself, I don't have time for this, ask yourself, why are you saying that? Is it because this is actually just uncomfortable and you prefer to just rock up to the interview because because actually facing the preparation thing is making you feel really triggered? Remind yourself that firstly, how you spend your time is a choice. It might not feel like you have a choice between cooking for the kids and interview prep, but you do. I'm taking a fairly extreme example there, but I, I know you do. I've had clients tell me, I don't have any time for this. And then we dig into their timetable and, well, they do. But their brain is trying to keep them emotionally safe and says, no, you don't have any time. So they're staying busy with all the other things. Every time you say yes to friends and family, you are making a choice, right? (laughs) I want you to be cognizant of that, fully, completely aware that it is a choice. And I know for personal experience, it's far easier to say yes to something you enjoy that makes you feel good, then no to it and instead a yes to knuckling down on something truly uncomfortable, such as learning how to talk about your skills and experience as a leader. But I want you to know you have a choice and you are making choices every single time you do not put your interview prep first. Mindset is 100% of what you're going to need as a leader, so if you aren't showing up for yourself and your career right now, how are you going to show up as a leader? Bit of a hard truth there, but I want you to remember this is a choice and you get to choose even if it feels impossible or hard. So next time you find yourself pushing back on the job hunt, ask yourself, how important is it to me that I land a new job? And am I prepared to get truly uncomfortable and also push back on something else to make this happen? If you aren't consciously aware that you have a choice, I can promise you, your job hunt will not succeed. That is it for today's episode. If you loved this episode, please do share it with anyone you think may benefit. And I'd be ever so grateful if you would leave a rating or review over on Apple Podcasts or iTunes as this helps us reach ever more amazing women and help them out too. Until next time, remember, stay on your tech leadership game, follow your dreams, because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Women in Tech podcast.